And welcome back to another episode of Lost It Down, the newest member of the Bruiser Nation Podcast Network, a division of Snap Meal Productions. We're going back to back like Drake. Got all three in the house. Boys, another crazy weekend, which we're going to be able to go over. Four one in five teams come out victorious on Sunday. 70% of the public, or bets that went 70% to the public, against the spread, those teams went one in seven. What the hell is happening? We'll get into it at the end because, guys, this was this was not our best effort. I I am so excited. It's actually it's at the point where it's actually awesome. I'll it's just start. I, why not? I'll just tell you guys where we are right now. Going into Monday Night Football tonight, David has the San Francisco money line. If that does not hit, do we want to take a shot at our fifteen picks? What our record is? I would go two oh, and thirteen. Three. Two and thirteen. Three and twelve. Oh, two and twelve. Three and twelve. Oh, for fifteen. No. We. Hey. Do you know how impressive that is? I'm not even upset. How many? That's amazing. There's only. You haven't done the units, right? So we're probably down, down five like each. 50. We'd all be down five each right. on it. It's just straight Actually, five each. Yeah. All right. I don't know. David likes those heavy money lines. Just saying. Well, here's the thing. No, I'm saying if it, if the 49ers lose, we'd all yeah. be down five each. If uh, the Vikings win. You'll probably be right about even units on the year, so you'd be down three point seven five, David, going into tomorrow. So it's it's not good, but it's I'm not even upset because that's it's honestly almost impressive when you when you do that. Fuck it, we start from we start from exactly it's fine. exactly. You know what pisses me off more that it's a couple things, right? We're always so scared to bet a game when all three of us are right about it. The one game that none of us bet that all three of us were right on. Pittsburgh Steelers against the LA Rams. We were all like, we should, but we're not. And then we decided to take the balls we should have had on Pittsburgh into other games. I, I can be blamed for that for, for a little bit of it. But. Well, at least I'll say this is that the Steelers got their ass kicked. They had no business winning that game. So Sounds that's like a Steelers it. victory usually. That's true. And w- when we talk about the Steelers, the I have Mike some fun Tomlin stats there. Way, the Mike Tomlin it's, special. Mike Tomlin way. It's just seriously, it's the, you can't keep getting away with this. There's not a team alive that should do what he does. You know, guys, I love the EPA thing. And you guys watched, if you saw on YouTube last week, they have it broken down into tiers. And the Steelers are still in the first three overall picks range. That's how bad they should be right now. And they're 4-2. They're 4-2. I just, dude, we say it it every year, but... I mean, coaching goes so far in the NFL. That's, That's really all head coaching, I should say. Because I don't want people to get confused. They're like, oh, are they turning a leaf about Matt Canada? No, I'm not turning a leaf about Matt Canada. But the head coach position is the most important in football, arguably next to the quarterback. I'll just give you this PSA going into this before we go any further, though. You guys and everyone listening to podcasts, I need people to stop telling me the Raiders aren't that bad or I'm going to lose my mind. They're so bad. So bad. They, They have no business being three and four. No business. They haven't cracked 20 points yet. I agree. They're terrible, but this is the same. This is the same mentality that I have when you try to tell me that the Browns aren't bad because they have a defense. No, it's not. It's so different. It's historically bad. You're like, oh, the Browns could make the playoffs. They're a contender. No, they're not. They can't make the playoffs. They can't. But they're not a contender. And two weeks ago, you told me, oh, they're a contender. They're a Super Bowl contender. They're not. I'm not willing to throw that out. 
It's nope, they're not. Their quarterback play, which we'll get to, is so fucking bad. It's actually the worst in the NFL. Fun no, it's fan. not. But we'll get I, into it. Trust me. I was going to say is. it's bad, but I, I've the the uh, DVOA it is the worst offensively in the NFL. depends on your metric because my boys are right there with you. Which is more of a statement than anything. No, the, my point is that you have the number one defense in the NFL. Mine's sitting at like an even kill 25-26 right now. And I'm over here supposed to be like, smile, Wally, we're three and four. I can't imagine <laughs> what the Raiders would look like without Max Crosby. It's like, that's the scariest thing. Like, oh, if, my God. If you, if you know, oh, can you? He oh, is he is, oh. he is TJ Watt of a horrible team. Like, that's all they have. And, of course, they have Devontae, but we know that the problem that's going on with him in the front office, whatever. But he literally, yeah, Wally, I know. I'm sorry, buddy. I've got, like, night sweats right now. This is just like. God. Why send it? Just fucking trade them all away and go go get Caleb Williams. See, I I would be okay with that for most Max Crosby. There's something about like he is a Raider. Like he just is a Raider. If you want to start and have a single foundational piece going forward, he'd be the one. I love Devonte Adams, but with his age, yep. it's time to say, hey, we love you. We really, you are a Raider for life. Like every team in the world yep. does. It's you are a Raider for life, but well, yeah, I know what you. Yeah. I'm not saying like he's I know, not a Packer. I'm fucking with you, but yeah, and, and it's, but it's like you're one of us. We love you, but go win a championship. You'll help us out on a trade, but it's not gonna happen. We gotta call it quits. Yeah, they, it's, it's, you the the relationship has already been tarnished when Derek Carr was gone with Devontae. I don't care what he says. He's just he's just go, he's just Agreed. being a professional. And doing his job right now, you don't think that he's fully bought into Josh McDaniels and that bullshit in that division in the AFC. There's no way that he's fully bought in. I hope that he can get out. I just hope it's not the New York Jets because I will cry. I think that if we keep talking Raiders at the top of the show, we will we won't have listeners. So we have I a couple stories. We have a couple stories we can get into here before we kick into the week seven. Uh, what review preview review? My goodness. Just a couple things. I added it on here late, boys, so I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but I think that we have to talk about it. The first one is right off, fresh off of the win against the Miami Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles trade for Kevin Byard, the safety from the Tennessee Titans, where that's who the Eagles are receiving. They're sending away their safety, Terrell Edmonds, a fifth-round and a sixth-round pick. And now Byard's all of a sudden the two-time pro bowler and all-pro, reunited with A.J. Brown. Tennessee ever going to learn with trading with Philadelphia or no? Good question. And he's not making any money this year. It's $2.5 million. It's actually a little, it's a little shy of that. He's 30 years old. He's not exactly old. And you're trading for a former all pro. I mean, it's worth the risk. If it doesn't work, you live with that. But this is what Howie Roseman does. It's why he's such a good GM. This is a Philadelphia team that still feels like, they can do it this year, and good for Howie for realizing that. Has Bayard been playing well this year? I really haven't paid attention. Not really, but you know how these it's kind so- of guys go when you you change sceneries. Like, like all pros, when you play at a shitty spot, it's hard to get them to play motivated. That's not a, a good thing or a bad thing. It's just facts. So I, I'm, I'm willing to try. Give me the yeah. gamble. Yeah, you're either going to be like a Micah Hyde type deal or like a Jamal Adams type deal when they're like bopping around with safety. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm only asking because I know that last year he had like a career year uh, again. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering if he's actually playing well this year or if he just needs a change of scenery or if he's over the hill. No, I mean, he's still good. 
it's just you know. one of those things. It's he probably isn't going to be the all pro that we saw him the last few years, but, but maybe in this defense, be. he be. can be. Could be behind that's what, yeah, Bradbury exactly. and Slay. You know? well, it's like it's two Could things. Be. He doesn't need to be, but he easily can be just because of what's in front of him. Like those cornerbacks that they have are going to make his job that much easier. And now the Eagles are that much scarier. Like they're coming off that victory against the Miami Dolphins. They added to their secondary, which was the biggest problem. After that, do we find any hiccups in this Philadelphia Eagles offense or team in general, which I know we'll get to here at the bottom? I don't want to overreact. It's early in the year, but what did the three of us say when nobody else seemed to be talking about it going into the year? We need to see it from Jalen Hurts again. The team's winning, but it almost feels in spite of Jalen Hurts right now. Nine touchdowns, eight interceptions on the year. Simply not the crisp quarterback that we saw last year. Now, I'm... Still thinking that, like, the numbers don't tell the full story there. He's doing well enough for this team to win right now, but he's going to be the thing that holds them back if he keeps playing like this. Last but not least, the Miami Dolphins were named the in-season hard knocks coming up here in November. Wally, I know you're not, this really isn't your cup of tea, but you are wearing the fucking teal right now. I'm just saying, I am jazzed about this. Mike McDaniels mic'd up. We got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Waddle. Dude, this is, I think it's going to be a blast. I'm going to shock you here. But if there was ever an in-season show that could get me in, it's this Miami Dolphins team. I think Mike McDaniel is one Cooper. of the more interesting, more... like He's fun to watch from an outsider because we've never seen anything like this before at the head coaching spot in the NFL. And then we're going to get a backdoor in a playoff push, potentially a division race. I think I'm going to watch. I, I think I have Let's to eat my go. own words. Let's go. David, are you tuning in or what? I don't know, man. Probably. <laughs> like, I don't. Here's the thing. I, I don't really that. watch hard Someone knocks. Someone has to carry my torch, David. I don't really watch hard knocks. I haven't watched the end season one since they started it. Like, I think it's a really cool concept. I just don't have the time to commit to watching that like every week. So I think it's fun. I would watch it. I just probably, I know myself, I probably won't, if that's You'll fair. You'll find your, we and Wally will talk you into it. I think that torch is going to get blown right out. The Al Davis torch <laughs> getting blown out, too. Anyways. Oh. Hey, you got to see that live last week. How cool was it? It was actually really cool. It's a fun, I mean, it's a fucking they fire. should Who blow it out. Shit? The Cleveland Browns going to hit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The best part about uh, when that got ignited was Marshawn Lynch lighting his blunt off of it. But now it's not even a real fire. It's that holographic fake giant one, which is fair because the real fire of the Raiders organization is burned out too. Oh yeah, it's uh yeah that flame has fizzled out for sure. But to start off, let's get into the games that we care about. You want to break down like the Cleveland Browns back to back weeks squeaking it out with PJ Walker thirty nine to thirty eight up at Lucas Oil Stadium. Shout out to my boy Seamus who actually uh, traveled to go to this game. I love that stadium. The Browns squeak it out with Deshaun Watson only throwing five pass attempts. Ended up leaving the game here early because of a, a concussion, which he actually did pass. But Kevin Stefanski kept him on the sideline here to save him a little bit. David, residence Brownie, I want to bring it to you. Uh, I'll wait for Wally to get the positive attitude. But David, takeaways from the game. Any Anything positive? Oh, that's a test. Let's I hear mean, it. I mean, I'm yeah, the, like, 
Miles Garrett is, you know, for all you religious oh, folks out there, Miles Garrett is Jesus Christ come back as a six foot five, two hundred and eighty five defensive pound defensive end. Uh, I, I, you know, the Browns did a lot of good yesterday. Hopkins set the record for most consecutive games with a fifty yarder made. Um, but I don't did like he really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw he piped like five three consecutive or four of them games. yesterday. One. Five consecutive games, 50-plus yards. Yesterday he made two 54s and a 58. I didn't think he had the leg. Like, we came into the year, and I was like, all right, we're within 50, it's automatic. But, Piped. like, outside of I 50. I think it's a yeah, current streak been, right now, too, right? Seven to seven at 50-plus? Yeah. yeah, and, if he, it, like, he can extend it. I hope, you know, I hope he does, but I don't want to ride the lightning too hard if he, with kickers, you know? Fair like, enough. he Look misses one, Carson and then all of a sudden, right. Now. Right. Yeah, so, I. That being said, Hopkins, amazing, right? Um, Zadarius Smith has been amazing, but his stats don't show it. You'll never see it in the stats, but he has been unbelievable. In fact, yesterday he got the third strip sack um, to end the game, basically. Um, I just – this Browns defense is electric, but, like, the offense is so bad it makes me mad. Like, genuinely angry. Um, It should. The Browns are they're dead last in in NFL in QBR passer rating in completion percentage above expected, which is negative seven percent. Um, Watson is atrocious. Uh, I mean, I I actually think Russell Wilson would be an upgrade at quarterback for the Browns. That's how bad Deshaun Agreed. Watson is bad. Agreed. And and. Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson are going to go down as the two worst contracts in NFL history. Um, Trade them for I each mean, other. Watson, Who says no? Dude, Give them both a fresh start. So I let I, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd take Captain Check down, uh, but completes a lot of passes Mr. over Deshaun Unlimited. Watson. Like, over the guy who rolled out and whose noodle arm threw it right to a defender instead of, you know, the guy so, 10 yards so, behind dude, him. That was such a bad uh, play. I was watching the beginning of that I just, game, and I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? So I, I was going to say Watson's softer than, than baby shit again, but then I started to listen to the outside noise, and there were some people pondering whether Watson wasn't held out because he we were taking it safe and he was injured, but because we actually benched him after the start of that game. And now I'm starting to think that might be real. Um, and I, I just, you know, again, the worst part of this is, is we owe this guy like another $185 million. And it's, we owe him another $185 million. And, and the worst part is, is next year we're going to go, you know, oh, you could still reach that top five potential because you know he was injured last year, his shoulder. It, he's setting he himself. Was injured, to, he's right? setting himself up Fuck for that. that. For that cushion. It's been what nine? It's been nine games so far. He does. He's had two games where he's played like a top fifteen quarterback. I'm I'm over the Deshaun Watson story. This is a terrible contract. You can't get out from under it. But I would like I would do anything to find a better option right now. I would I would literally send him to Denver if they want to do a one to one swap for Russell Wilson. On like today, I would send him to Denver for Russell Wilson. I would send him to the Bucks for Baker Mayfield again. I I would rather pay Baker Mayfield one hundred and seventy million dollars than Deshaun Watson two hundred and thirty million. I'm just I'm over this experiment. It's holding the the offense is holding the entire team back. 
this team with Baker Mayfield would legitimately you you can shit on Baker Mayfield for his bad games all you want, but I don't. At least I know Baker Mayfield can. T- he's a gunslinger. He's going to take risky throws. He's going to throw an interception every game. But at the end of the day, he's not going to do what Deshaun Watson did on that last throw before that BS injury and throw a fucking noodle arm, you know, 13 yards short of the player interception. And I just, they'd be a Super Bowl contender with Baker Mayfield. And we threw the guy to the Wolves for a guy that hadn't played in a year and a half who we were hoping just maybe would get the top five form after we paid him $230 million fully guaranteed. I'm just, I'm over the Browns offense right now. And it's really what yesterday made me like every single time that the offense couldn't get something going. It was because of the quarterback. It doesn't matter if it was PJ Walker or Deshaun Watson. It was like, we didn't move the, we didn't move the ball as an offense until the last drive. Uh, And even then I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm just sitting here waiting for the PJ Walker interception. Like I, I was sitting there on the fumble. I was like, well, and that, in, fit. With, that fit. And put and, this out there in the world for the record for Browns fans. Like, do not apologize for for bad calls goes against you. We all have had them. We know it. You guys got a couple breaks for a change yesterday. And PJ no, I was, Walker, I was shocked. Yeah, that was the first like, time I can remember in, in the last five years that we won a game because of the refs being in our favor. Like I, I yeah, that's right. Don't apologize, but also don't like feel like like yeah. people like because you're on an unusual spot. Don't feel like victims when people say the Colts got tr- screwed. The Colts got screwed, and the Browns won the game. Both can be true. You just aren't on the screwed side, so that's a new thing. Yeah, I just again, it's I agree 100. percent I just go back every time I go back to this offense after watching you know every single play of the Browns for the last couple weeks. It's like, I can't, I just, like, I watched what we had with Baker Mayfield and I get frustrated because we were doing more with somebody who we knew was not nearly as good as what he would demand in the market. And now we have somebody who should be a million times better, who we paid like a top five quarterback, who is playing like a bottom 20 quarterback. How much do you miss Jacoby Brissett right now? That's a good question. Dude, I would take – I know. It's what a mistake not to keep him for, you know, a couple million dollars on the roster. Yeah. I know it. you know, at the time it was a smart decision, but hindsight's twenty twenty. I I just, like, I would kill to get him back. I'd kill to – I'd kill to trade for the guy who diced up our defense this past week. I, Col- oh, Gardner Minshew is going to Imagine how good up. this defense would be if they had Jimmy Garoppolo. Actually, Straight but, up, like, honestly. let's be real, Jimmy G <laughs> – Jimmy G is a game manager. Like, let's be real. All we need is a game manager who doesn't turn the ball over. That's it. That's what we need to actually be a contender. Jokes aside, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But as far as the Colts go, you know, Gardner Minshew is going to take a lot of heat for the fumbles and the turnovers. But, like, if we're honest with ourselves, I don't blame him for the fumbles. I mean, the strip sacks on the blind side, that can happen to anybody that gets through at the rate Miles Garrett got through. But – you know, the interception, sure, hold it against him. But the guy was only – the guy was 15 of 23 for 305 yards and two touchdowns, one interception. I would take that on the Browns every single week of the season and be happy. Like, every single week of the season and be happy. I don't, Do the Browns take a have lot a loss flag. if Gardner Minshew was your starting quarterback all year? Probably one. 
You probably maybe you probably the Ravens have, game, maybe right. Like we don't, we didn't play well enough in that game to actually say. I know it's just DTR kind of like really. You, yeah, you that nobody was real could bad. win with him. Really that was real bad. Let's let's say let's say Minshew has one game like like yesterday, right? Where he he turns the ball over four times. You can't really blame him for two or three, but uh, there's probably one of those games. And but they look so much better all year long. Like I, I just all I want is consistency, game manager, at quarterback, and I'll be happy with the Browns. But it feels like we're wasting a historic defense while we try and figure out which of our bottom five quarterbacks is going to play this week or not turn the ball over this week or, you know, make me feel comfortable watching a team without Nick Chubb on it. I low-key think you guys would be better off with Tyrod Taylor. I agree, too. I Just, like, give me some. He's everything you're saying. Right. He won't turn it over. He might. He might have a flash play here and there. But he doesn't turn the ball over. I think he has a career like sixty-one touchdowns and like twenty-nine or thirty interceptions. So like, he turned the ball over. And right, but and the other thing that that I didn't even mention, and I'm sorry, is the last thing I'll say. But like, Amari Cooper has disappeared in this offense because of the quarterback yep. play. Agreed. Uh, he's literally disappeared. But he's a Amari he's Cooper a great receiver. Owner? Yeah, he has. He's just he's he's a nobody in this offense without a decent quarterback. And, you know, Jacoby Brissett was was getting the ball to him a lot. Like, it doesn't take a lot. Just takes not turning the ball over and just being a game manager. That's all I'm asking for. Well, we can almost keep that trend here a little bit on the next game is the Buffalo Bills go to Gillette and lose to the Patriots 29-25 when Mac Jones leads an eight-play, 75-yard game-winning drive to cap it off. And the Bills, even though they haven't lost the past couple weeks, they have just have not looked the same since they came off that Miami win. And now finally, that loss has been met here this season. The Patriots just looked like the hungrier team, which really feels like the trend of these one in five teams all weekend uh, that were catching dubs. But boys, should we be panicking about the Buffalo Bills as we were basically crowding on the Super Bowl chance, if not the AFC representatives here, just what, three weeks ago? I'm in a weird spot because we all know I am one of the, like, Josh Allen deniers and have been for a while. And I want to be really clear about things. I'd go to war if Josh Allen was the Raiders quarterback. <laughs> That's not, we're not I asking would, that, though. I, yeah, and I love him as that quarterback. Josh Allen I just, the Browns. But can't you imagine? I like I'm envisioning trying my best to see through the smoke of the next 15 years, and can't you see him retiring like Philip Rivers, where he has all these amazing statistical accolades, but he has nothing to show for it? Because that to me is the direction of the franchise with him right now. There's too many mistakes. Simply put, too many mistakes from him. It's what you're five or six, six or seven. Yeah, and and it's not even it's not even mistakes that are causing to like lead to turnovers. Which what he only turned the ball over was it once in this game? Twice. Twice. He had a lost fumble and a. But pick. even then, yeah, that pick was ugly as hell. But to your point, you you're in year six, seven, and you 
and I was looking at I literally was talking about this with Kylie yesterday. I go, this is a jo- this is Josh Allen in a nutshell. He makes throws like that that get intercepted, then he makes that ridiculous third down throw while on the move across his body, fucking twenty five yards downfield on a dime. I'm like, he's an ath- he's the athletic Brett Favre of our generation. But to your point, he's not gonna I don't think he'll be able to get to that championship level. And it's and he's a good quarterback and he has it, but you can have as good of a defense as you have. You can have the Browns defense, and you're proven. If you're going to turn that ball over consistently and make these dumb decisions, like you're never going to succeed. And I actually saw I, – well, I saw a ridiculous tweet the other day that – maybe it was today that Josh Allen was closer. Oh, I can't remember. I, I'm scared I can't, of where I this is remember. going. Oh, you better it. come back to that when find you find it. it. I find it. So while you're looking for that, right – I don't think Josh Allen's the problem. I think what you're 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 right on on the he's kind of like this generation's Brett Favre, but the difference between him and Brett Favre is going to be Brett Favre can could have done everything on his own. Right now, what you're seeing with Josh Allen is the difference in offensive coordinator production. Like, sure, he makes the great play, he makes the bad play, but everything in between was the offense that was put out on the field and the game plan that was put out on the field. In my opinion. Um, I just think right now, I think the entire Bills team is more to blame than Josh Allen because it feels like the entire team plays to the caliber of uh, their opponent, right? So you, you know, you play a world beater like the Dolphins and you play, you play like a world beater. You play phenomenally. You come in with expectations. You got to be perfect to win this game. And you go out and do it, right? But then you play a team that's one and four, one and five, whatever they were uh, they were at before this game, and one and five, and you play like a one and five team, like you just play poorly. And like I've seen, we've seen teams like this before. It's way more common on like a high school, college football level where you play to the level of your opponent because you can't mentally overcome that. And it just feels like that's what the Bills do. It feels like if they play a great team, they play great, they win. If they play a bad team, it's a really close game, and you're worried about how good this team actually is. Um, I just – I they're, they're the most frustrating team in the NFL right now, and I just like – I'm – I feel like I'm at where I was this exact same time last year, which is I – two weeks after saying they're my Super Bowl favorite – I'm immediately regretting that and saying I, I'm not even sure this team can get to a Super Bowl, right? But it just feels like that's the Bills' identity without Dable is they are they are a team that plays to the level of their opponent no matter who that opponent is. It, and it just doesn't make sense, right? Again, we were ready to crown these people Super Bowl champs three weeks ago, and all of a sudden they've, they've just been limping into London. They barely squeak away. Like, are they about to go into a tailspin right now? Where are they? Let's play a a fun, spontaneous game. If you had to rank them in the AFC, what place would you have them in at this moment? Because to me, I still have them probably two or three. Um, And I'll tell you mine while you guys are thinking. The Chiefs are ahead because they have them. And then I'd probably say the Ravens. Those are the two I'd put ahead of them right now. So I guess they're like three or four. It's just because Miami just hasn't I, been able to do anything. 
three four and i'd argue maybe the jaguars over them right now just because of the heater the jaguars that's are true on. fair enough just because of the it's, heater. The, it's the sloppiest heater of all time we'll i know get to but it like, when we get to them but like they're winning Steelers games heater. right they are and they, they play... are. it's a pittsburgh Steelers heater Right, so I'd argue I, they're probably three, but I'd argue three or four because I'd I'd argue that Jacksonville could be argued above them. Well, and the whole reason I say that is if that is right, they're still a home playoff team, and I if they get a good Josh Allen game, they could beat anybody in the AFC. The Detroit Lions went to the aforementioned. Did not beat anybody in the AFC. Absolutely <laughs> not. As they, well, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs to start the year off. Uh, True. They True. go to Baltimore and lose thirty-eight to six, and this game wasn't close at all. Baltimore, from the start to the finish, was just giving it to Detroit, and they Detroit just didn't have any answer offensively, defensively, special teams, whatever it may be. Should Baltimore now, and it's great because Wally already gave them the respect, but for the sake of the conversation, should Baltimore now be getting some respect? And based off how the AFC is looking right now. Should they be the favorites or at least the most complete team in the NFL in your minds? No, but close. Who is? I'd still put San Francisco ahead of them. And I think okay. that Dallas and Philadelphia and Baltimore all have a good argument to be in that next tier. But I think San Francisco, even after the Browns loss, has separated themselves at this moment. I mean, they just embarrassed the Lions. I know, but... Look, Detroit fell flat on their face in a major test, but, like, I don't trust the Ravens in crunch time. Absolutely agree. I don't, I okay. don't trust them. They have – Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have never – they have never, ever shown that they can, A, win in the playoffs, and, B, win in, like, the – you have a, a fourth quarter, you're trading shot for shot, and you need to score. They just – they never, ever seem to win those games. And – I if if I had any kind of faith in the Ravens to win those games, I'd agree with you. I'd say they're one of the most complete teams in the NFL, top three with the Eagles, the Niners, however you want to put that order. But I just don't trust Lamar Jackson. But I'm I'm ready to eat crow on Lamar Jackson. He's showing with Munkin that he's a great he's a great. As am I, David. Right? You're not here by yourself, buddy. Let's both lay on that. Let's all stand together. I'll eat <laughs> I'll eat crow on that one, right? I'm I I just I have my trust issues. I just have my trust issues with him and the Ravens in crunch time or in the playoffs. And that's why, like, you know, Baltimore is legit for now. But when we get to the playoffs, I, like, I might pick them to be a first-round exit. You Matchups know? Like, matter I, I just, a lot for them. Right. Like, I just – I don't trust them. They're a very, very good team. But I just don't trust them to bet on them to, like, be a legitimate come-out-of-the-AFC contender, you know? You're on mute. That's probably better. If I say this again, you're actually going to be upset that I didn't stay on mute. But I was going to say, if you leave a, a pack of kittens around a, a flock of ravens, what do you think is going to happen? Which is going to lead us into the Chargers and Chiefs. And guys, Steven and I, we, we thank God, actually, that the Chiefs won this game by more than five and a half because we both moved off of that to take the money line. And it felt like it actually felt like it was going to be one of those tightly contested, fun Chargers Chiefs games for about two and a half, three quarters. And there's just something off about this Chargers team right now. It's 
rinse and repeat every single year with the Chargers, but this is a Chargers team that's now two and four. Their next four games, they have the Bears, Jets, Lions, and Packers. If you're not three and three, or uh, two and two in that stretch, if you're not four and oh, well, that, that was what I meant. I put four, three and one. If you're not three and one in this stretch, then Staley's got to be fired midseason during this year. You are wasting a prime Justin Herbert year. And this is something that a lot of people I feel like at home that don't pay attention about contracts that much don't understand. This is still part of his rookie deal. Even though he signed that contract, he's on his rookie deal for the next two years. So this is the time to win. This is the time. It's the same with the Bengals. It's the same with teams like that. You have to win on the rookie deal. And they are not only failing, they're failing in like comical fashion on a national stage week in and week out. I don't know what the problem is. I really don't. I mean, the problem has to be like Brandon Staley, right? I I don't know. I like here's the thing. Where do you where do you go from here at two and four? So you just laid out Bears, Jets, Lions, Packers, right? That should be a three and one slate. It should be. For the record, David, for the record, boys, they only play three teams for the rest of the year that have winning records. So not even the next four games. For the rest of the year, they play three teams with winning records. Yeah, but it's just like that's that might be how they end up in the playoffs, but it's just that would be a disservice to the entire franchise if they end up in the playoffs because they need to shed Staley. It's just a simple – they need to shed the staff. And I argue that it's not – like I would put 40 – I'd put like 40% of the blame on the coaching staff. I'd put another probably 30% of the blame on this defense not showing up even though they have a boatload so of big Brandon, names. So Brandon Staley. I, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, but like I'd argue that execution on defense is lacking this year, despite big contracts, big names, um, and then you know you you can spread the other thirty percent out around everyone depending on the game, right? But like I actually think this team would be significantly better with almost every other coach in the NFL. Like I, I'm at a point where it's like I. It has to be the problem, right? Just like in Cincinnati, I blame Zach Taylor for a lot of the offensive woes. I I blame Brandon Staley for not being able to get this team, a team that's probably a top seven team on paper every single year in the NFL, for not being able to actually play like that, right? This team should be five and one, four and two. They we shouldn't even be talking about Brandon Staley uh, on the hot seat, but we are. I mean, like, I give – I don't know. I, I just – I have a lot of – I have a lot of questions for the Chargers as a franchise, and it starts with do you actually want to win a Super Bowl? If so, you have to get rid of Staley, and it might actually be better to get rid of him now and raise a coordinator up or – raise an assistant up, do what you have to do. And if it goes well, great. If it doesn't, even better, go get your draft picks and reload on, uh, you know, reload on rookies. And let's see what they look like next year after a proper coaching search. I mean, they they had to be zeroed on on somebody, right? Like the first thing 
first of all, Sean Payton's got to be kicking himself, just as the Chargers are, right? Even though Sean Payton's not putting out a great product out in Denver, I would think that he'd put out a better product than Los Angeles based off what's available to him for the whole team. I think it's about money there. I think money's going to play a big part of it, to your point, Wally. But it's now you're in that weird spot. You're obviously going to have to fire Staley. I think that even if he makes the playoffs, you have to make it an AFC championship appearance or you're getting fired. Like, make it like it cannot just be the playoffs, which, let alone, I don't think if this continues, he's not wait, making it past week 11, week 12, whatever it may be. I've been saying it all year. You need to get Eric Bieniemy. If somehow Washington lets him slip through his fingers, you need to make him the next head coach for the Chargers because he is going to explode that offense. Well, and then all of a sudden, that game is going to be better. That actually is the first time I've even had the mental picture of Eric Bieniemy in like the LA. Blue. Like the get up. Well, not only that. How crazy Playing the Chargers twice a week or the or Chiefs, twice a year. the Chiefs, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like I'm just like imagining. Eric Bieniemy, after years of being the OC in KC, helping them win, and he finally gets his chance as a head coach. Forever after, after Andy Reid and the Chiefs have basically begged him to get a chance, and it would be a division rival and probably the the most formidable opponent in the division for a long time. That would be awesome, Stephen. That is an awesome call. Because I and I'm and I'm big on the enemy going somewhere because I think that he should stay in Washington, which I don't know if that ownership everything is going to go because you know how when ownership change they want that to be their guy that that to be their head coach that to be their coaching staff that they had assembled so maybe they're just going to clean house it'd be too perfect because right now which you could say that about every year I don't know who's going to be sticking out to me right now for that candidacy for head coach if it's an offensive coordinator. Uh, one of those types of coaches. Kellen Mo- oh, Bill Belichick action? No, he just signed a multi-year deal. They just got a, He just got a new contract extension somehow. Yeah, but they're two and five, and there are rumors floating that Kraft wants to fire him. But I know, but he just signed an extension before this win against Buffalo. Yeah, but... Uh, that's true. I mean, it, it's unlikely. Which is so... Which is so it's weird. unlikely, but that's probably your... The most interesting candidate. Like if the, if the Patriots go four and thirteen, I could still see them saying, "All right, our bad." Robert Kraft. I mean, he's. I'm not going to be the morbid one to say he's getting up there. He's getting up there in age. He's he's getting up there. You know. You know. I'm going to call it right now. You know who the Chargers are going to hire as their next head coach? Josh McDaniels. Let it be Josh McDaniels. Jason Garrett. Oh, they're gonna hire that fits, oh. that fits so well. That for them. fits hard, but that's so Mr. sad. Mr. Clap, Mr. Clap. Oh, we'll get him on the next four. And they four keep Kellen Moore pick. as the OC. They make him like yeah. be behind Jason Garrett again. <laughs> All of a sudden, Zeke Elliott's in a powder blue behind Josh Kelly, who's now the starter. And they sent off. Oh, Boston that's so there. painful. That's uh, so painful. I mean, that's how is this that ends. <laughs> right i will before we move on to the next game justin herbert now is the there's no active quarterback that has more losses than justin herbert since he was drafted in 2020 like wow, that's in. crazy and i like that because the stat was no nfl quarterback has more lo- this is not an nfl quarterback's wins loss like that's not a thing that's a, just how bad the charges have been with how awesome justin herbert's been for sure it's ridiculous the miami dolphins Go up to the link and drown. You like that? Because Dolphins can't drown. Uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles, well, they came out 31-17 victorious. Those Eagles did. 
And you know what? Right when there's a lot of question marks about could Jalen Hurts get it done? Could the Philadelphia Eagles get it done? Sure, there's a turnover or two from Jalen, but they were able to get it done. That offense, that defense was able to come to play. But now the Miami Dolphins all of a sudden have a lot of question marks. Me personally, I've been waiting for Vic Fangio to have a defense on the field uh, for the through the first seven weeks. We were talking really high about him. It doesn't really seem like that is the case in this scenario. Wally, we were all talking a lot off camera before the show in our group message here. But I want to toss it to you. What are some takeaways here about the Philadelphia Eagles that we've all been really high on, as well as what we've been really high on with the Miami Dolphins? I'll start with the Dolphins so we can wrap around and end our like recap with a positive. But Steven, you tossed this to me for this because last night I became aware because my good buddy Tyler, uh, my buddy I'm staying at this house with right now, Textbook painting, awesome. If you're in Northeast Ohio, use textbook painting. Anyways. No free ads. No free ads. What I will say, though, is that he pointed out to me, because I'm watching that game last night, not necessarily shocked at at how it's unfolding, but a little disappointed because I thought the Dolphins had a big game in them here, possibly a chance to win. And he just goes, they're frauds. And I kind of looked at him like, dude, you're, you're insane. What are you talking about? And he goes, what makes you think they're so good? I'm just like, are you kidding? They have the most yards through five weeks in NFL history. They they drop 70 on the Broncos. They do all this stuff. And he's like, all right, that's great. But look at the teams that they've beaten so far. Let's go through this. They have beaten the Chargers, who we just talked about, when at the time it felt like the game of the week. And now it's like, wow, that's a 2-4 and four Chargers. The Chargers have barely beat the Raiders like a couple weeks later. They then beat the Patriots, the moribund Patriots, who took a freaking guy running off the side of the field to block a field goal to make this game close. I will just say the Patriots, the Dolphins beat the Patriots, but the Patriots beat the Bills, even though the Bills beat the Dolphins. So what does that make them? Sorry, I didn't mean to... No, you're fine. It's one of my favorite things to call it football. It's the transitive property. So every year you can almost find where it's like, Shepherd College should actually be the national champion because there's a long path to connect them to Alabama losing a game and them winning it all. It's like a butterfly effect, essentially. It, it, there you go. You and I love uh, after Ashton Kutcher's butterfly effect, so oh, again, legend. check it out. Outstanding. But then they beat the Broncos, who at this point have a historically bad defense, 70-20. to 20. They lose by four touchdowns to the Bills. Four touchdowns. The only team with a winning record on their uh, schedule up to this point. They beat the Giants in what was a game that shouldn't have been as close as it was, but it was pretty close for a while. And then the 0-6 Panthers before being at least outmanned yesterday against Philadelphia. You could tell who the better team was. It's not. I'm not saying the Dolphins are bad because I still think they're good. But we need at some point to see a good measuring stick game because when they play good teams, they lose. When they play bad teams, they win. That's it. It feels like even with, even with a little bit of injury last year, the same thing happened in San Fran where they get spanked. That one's a little bit different. Mike McDaniel's going to his old stomping grounds. But it's alarming. The only thing that the only reason that it's not under the microscope that much is the way that they're beating these bad teams. hundred percent. You're absolutely but, right. But the reason I think it's a bigger deal than it it should be a bigger deal than it is, is because the product they put on when they lose to these good teams. They're not one possession games. It's not a field goal that's changing it. If you take that Tyreek Hill touchdown, what, in the beginning of the third, late in the second, like that's a totally different game. Right, because that's a 17-3 game. All of a sudden, now it's 17-10. Effect, and that I'm channeling my Aston Kutcher, the butterfly effect. 
If you took that out of it, God knows what would have happened there. But yeah, at, at some point, you have to at least pull a Minnesota Vikings and, okay, if you're going to be 0-2 against these winning teams, at least be 0-2 in one possession games. And you're just not. You're getting the you're getting the doors blown off of you in these games. It doesn't help that, luckily, they haven't, neither of them have been at home. They've both been away. And, and they are banged up. Well, to be fair, they're they're banged up right now. Still, if you're going to put 70 points on the Denver Broncos, you got to at least make a fight against the New York, against the Buffalo Bills, who have now struggled against the Jacksonville Jaguars, struggled mightily against the New York Giants, and just lost to the New England Patriots. That makes that makes their loss to the Bills look even worse on top of them losing to the Eagles yesterday. Is there, like, should there be a lot of panic in Miami right now is my question, though. And I'll toss it to you, David, to start it off. What is the panic meter right now in Miami? I don't know if I have one yet. Um, Let me pose it with this. They have the they have the toughest remaining schedule in the NFL. Wow, do they really? With them and the Bengals. Now, what's the panic meter with losing to the two of the best teams in the NFL, having the number one toughest schedule remaining? That's the question I should have asked. The they lost and they're still winning the division though. Like they're still (laughs) at the top of the division. But so, only by half a game, only not a game and a half, only by half a game, which is a little bit nerve wracking. So I'm I'm actually really interested in the Chiefs game two weeks from now for them, um, and the reason I say that is so they're they're this loss looked a lot like their Bills loss, but not in the way that most people are going to see it. The Eagles front four put a lot of pressure on Tua, sacked them three times. The Bills sacked Tua four times. They put a lot of pressure on him. Outside of those two games, Tua hasn't seen pressure at all this year, right? He is uh, he has been pressured the least of any starting quarterback on just 22% of dropbacks, um, and the league average is 35%. So, like, he has significantly seen less pressure. And if you think about that from how the Dolphins operate, the more time Tua gets – the more, the longer and more ability that Tyreek and Jalen Waddle have to shake a defender, which is important, right? You give Tyreek Hill an extra second, that could be 10 yards, right? Like that's 10 yards he could get of separation between a defender. And I just, I'm, I'm curious to see if the Chiefs can get like pressure on him and if this is a, he can't perform under, you know, being pressured because the offense can't get as free as they would like. Or if maybe the Eagles game is a little bit of a fluke because three starting offensive linemen weren't out and the Bills just played up to their level of play. Um, So I I look forward to that Chiefs game because that's going to really determine where I think the Dolphins are at in the AFC. Um, But I'm not going to – I'm not hitting the panic button yet because there's still – Plenty of games on their schedule that they can dominate and win and still end up in the playoffs. Um, but as for the Eagles as a whole in this game, I just – they kind of played like I've been expecting them to play all year. And this was their, they, they came back. This was the 2022 Eagles. Right. This was like a full facet, everyone complimenting, complimenting each other, full facet, all-cylinder game. And it's the team we've been waiting for. And I'm hoping that they build momentum off of it because when the Eagles are playing like this, they're just a fun fucking team to watch. They're just a boatload of fun. 
we really shot ourselves in the foot, David. Well, I really helped you shoot yourself in the foot with taking the Miami money line because I was unaware of the Kelly Greens drop in. Because if that was, the I should have been better. I that's on me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I, gonna the lie hand to you. up. That's on me. You're the resident Kelly Green. Um, what? Well, I just like card. I'm like the the uniform loser that like pays attention to uniforms every game. I got to be better than that. Hand up, guys. That's on me. I, you need it, and I'll even double down on the betterness. You need to find out what the records are for those teams that have those, at least against the spread when they're rocking those, like Atlanta. The loss of down uniform, uh, what uniform ATS. update will be out there. I'll be out there. I'll have it ready for us eventually. Appreciate you, Wally. Appreciate you. Not that you don't have enough on your plate, but about time you start pulling your weight around. Exactly. Here. I got to do something around here. <laughs> the remaining we got. So for Miami, they got a game against New England, Kansas City, Vegas. The Jets, Washington. But these la- do these last five are head scratchers, right? Tennessee, where are they going to be at that point? Again against New York, Dallas at Baltimore, then against Buffalo to end the year. They need to get it right now. And I can't wait to watch it in hard knocks. Last thing for me, and then I'm good and we can throw it into... It could have been done in an email. It could have been done. It could have been done. But it wasn't done because this one isn't done yet. And the only reason I have a, a, a one more comment here is because this is a game that you saw the Eagles struggle to run the ball and they were still able to win the game, which with the way Jalen Hurts has played, he has it. He wasn't great yesterday, but you could see that that 2022 form is still in there. It's just been a little bit of a lackadaisical start for the offense, I felt like. And you got to see A.J. Brown, Dallas Garter both get involved. You got to see Jalen Hurts look comfortable in a day that Kenneth Gainwell and DeAndre Swift weren't able to run the ball. And that should be very, very encouraging. Plus the defense. The defense getting, uh, even with how injured the Dolphins are, to hold them to 17 points should show that this is still a Super Bowl threat. This is a team to be reckoned with. The Phillies blow. I hope they lose Game 7 tomorrow. But otherwise, uh, Philly's in a good spot. Well, you know that they that especially that secondary, they did not want to be the team that Tyreek broke a thousand on in week seven in already. So, oh, well, he's only now he's only forty bust you know, hundred. Uh, oh my god, a hundred yards away from is he even good? He's a freak. He's okay. Uh, spoken like a true Raiders fan. Before we get on to this, could have been done in the email section. We want to remind you that this email recap here is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more. Especially for our age, where it feels like there's a college graduation, baby pictures, engagements, weddings—you name it—they're happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby A B B E Y. Or on her Instagram, saw Dad and Sapphire again. AbbyTurnerPhoto.com. Kicking off with a Thursday night football game where the Jacksonville Jaguars won kind of a nail biter, thirty-one to twenty-four against New Orleans here in the Big Easy. Derek Carr is just not elevating this team like I thought he would, so I got to take that one on the chin. And New Orleans made a comeback, but only for Christian Kirk to rip their hearts right out there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I I don't even have a comment on New Orleans. I feel like. So Trevor Lawrence came into the day with a sprained left knee, and the Jags spent the day hurting their own cause with penalties and turnovers, right? But, like, they were still good enough to overcome and pull out a, a win to extend their streak to four straight. But my only takeaway from this game is Calvin Ridley continues to be a massive disappointment for me on the season. He's had two amazing games in, like, 
what, three or four absolute duds. And I just don't know what's going on there. I throw duds in there because that's even a respectable – that's a respectable name to give his performance for those games. Steven, back to what you said. You mentioned that Derek Carr uh, hasn't overcame. And I think that it's important to point out here that he's not good enough to overcome bad play calling. And Pete Carmichael has a very unimaginative offense. Derek Carr just simply, as much as I love him, he's not at the level that he can overcome and elevate guys around him unless things are in a better situation. And they're not. But go ahead. I agree. And also, at what point do we need to say that Dennis Allen isn't an NFL coach? Do you know what his record is? <laughs> we should have been saying that when he was in Oakland. Do you know what his record is overall? I want to How say many years? Like, what? Oh, I was asking how many years he's coached because I'm like, I will take a firm Maybe guess. six. If he had six years, that's what? Probably no, go, about 100 I'll games? Go, I'll go, what, this is two. He had three with the Raiders, two with the Raiders, right? Let's if, see. If we call it, if we call it, uh, 12, 13, and 14, 22. So let's go four and a half, five. I'll There's find some, out for us, but I'm guessing 35% winning percentage. Whatever his number, I bet it's 35% winning percentage. Not far off, 30%. He's sitting at 18 and 42 overall. How did he do wow. the job? Even better. Well, this is great, right? Because speaking of the Raiders, they got blown out by the Chicago Bears. And oh, my God. While the story of this game is going to be Tyson Bagent, whatever his name is. Bajent. I got. I screwed never... up and called him Bagent all last week. That's on me. So, so Tyson Bagent, right? But, like, my story is, is what the fuck are the Raiders doing? Like, why would you start Brian, Hover, Brian Hoyer over AOC? The guy hasn't won a game in seven years. And, sure, he might help you win. But, like, it's what is it? It's big for Brian Hoyer's development, David. But, like, yeah, what does it tell you about your team, win or lose? Like, what what does that do for you, right? But if you keep getting, you know, if you keep getting AOC playing time, you at least can figure out if he's something or if he's nothing. And I just, I, I don't know, man. I, at least see if there's something to develop there. I, I just, I don't understand the Raiders. Commit to the tank and save the future of the franchise. Just fire McDaniel now. Like, I, 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 I don't know, man. I, I just, like, I don't, I don't get why they're trying to win games. At this point, you are bad enough to just commit to the tank, fire your coach, go get Caleb Williams, and fucking hope for the best. Go ahead, Steven. I, I, I'll just wrap this up quickly when you, you get finished. All I have is kudos to Tyson. First D2 quarterback to win an NFL game since... John Kitna, yeah, baby. Since Trent John Dilfer. Kitna in the early 2000s. I saw your notes. I love that. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, I didn't know if you guys had any guesses. So I, I, I was going to say, I should if I didn't see it already, I never in a million years thought that. Cheater. No, Cheater. <laughs> Call me a Michigan Wolverine. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, brother. What a, roller, what a roller coaster you've been on. That's all I got to say. And that's why I'm happy you said that. I had to set you up because this isn't a roller coaster, Stephen. This is just a bad football team that has no business being three and three. They haven't scored 20 offensive points in a game yet this year. Here's a fun fact. The last team through six games not to score 20 offensive points in a game was the 2014 Jaguars, who were 0-6 at the point. They are 25th in defensive DVOA. They are 30th on offensive DVOA. 
Josh McDaniels has been talking shit about Aiden O'Connell's press conferences. I don't know if you guys saw it. Where people basically say, hey, the same question you guys are asking. Why is Brian Hoyer starting? And he basically goes, this isn't preseason anymore. Brian Hoyer sucked in the preseason. He was awful. Aiden O'Connell was a better quarterback in the preseason. If you're he going was. to at least tell me it's something else, then just don't boldface lie to me like that. That is total bullshit. Baker Mayfield lost last year. He was on the team in L.A. for three games. Jeff Saturday comes off a couch saying the Raiders suck. And then his coaching tool I totally win. forgot about that. Those all happened in the last two years in the Josh McDaniels era. You are talking about three, his, like not historic, but three brutally bad losses that other fan bases would be done with after one. It's happened three times. Three of these. A.B. happened. Chandler Jones happened. Two winning records in 20 years. No playoff wins. No home field advantage anymore. This is a lost franchise with no direction. Have fun. Well, I forgot about the four comebacks by 15 or plus points that really dove them to put... There it is. There it is. With the beer cans in the back. I deserve it. Put it on. No eyes. No eyes. You can't. No eyes needed. No eyes. Come on. I wish you would have cut the eye holes in it beforehand. No. No, This is how I should do the podcast the rest of the time. It's over. (laughs) <laughs> the Washington Commanders go up to MetLife where the New York Giants finally squeak out a win. One of those four one in five teams that came out victorious yesterday, 14 to seven. <laughs> this is bad, right? You know, we kind of saw the, I wouldn't, the writings on the wall last week for New York, right? They were getting tired of losing. They were so close to beating a very good or decent Buffalo Bills football team here without a couple mental mistakes. Now all of a sudden they win a barn burner, a nail biter, 14 to seven. And the Giants scored 14 here in the first quarter, so you can imagine how the rest of that game went. Ron Rivera seems like an awesome human Dunzo. being. Dunzo. David, I, I cut you off. I apologize. But he seems like an awesome person. And the players seem to really, wherever he goes, play hard for him. But playing hard only takes you so far. And this is a organization as a new owner. It's a stale product right now. They know that they need to inject some new life into this team. And Ron Rivera's not that guy. He's like the exact opposite. He's the kind of guy you bring in when you need to go 7 and 10, 8 and 9, 9 and 8. He's interim head coach kind of New stuff Jeff at this Fisher, stage. baby. That's where he's at. That's who he is. And I don't mean that as a shot. The guy was this close to winning a Super Bowl eight years that, ago. That's eerily, that's eerily similar. You got Jeff, you got Jeff Fisher, Steve McNair. That's, that's who took him to those. The Super Bowl, you got Ron Rivera, Cam Newton, taking to the Super Bowl. Damn, good call. It's it, They feel very similar. I, I don't disagree. Um, my takeaway from this game is that the Giants have played really good defense the past few weeks, but their offense is still just horrific. Um, and they'll win a couple game, a couple more games this year because of their defense if they play like that the rest of the season. But, I mean, I think Terod Ty- Taylor should – like be the starter because he gives the teams the best chance to win. However, you almost have to commit to Danny Dimes because you kind of want the better draft pick, right? Like at this point, <laughs> like I, you know, I it's sad, but like, I mean that's what, that's not even the reason I would agree with you. But I agree with you. Like if this happened week two, I'd say you start Terod Taylor the rest of the season, right? But like we're 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 into it, right? This is a two and five team, and I think you just got to commit to to a higher draft pick because I would still, I would keep Dable around 
and I would keep this coaching staff around. But, boy, you need something different on the offensive side of the football in a lot of different places. I mean, you need you need picks, and you need good picks to fill some holes. Hey, yo. Oh, you said picks to fill holes. Never mind. Uh, another hot take, too, is ah. – <laughs> Another hot take, too, is somehow the Chargers are able to lure Dayball out of New York. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still hung up on your your little joke there. <laughs> I appreciate it. Wally's got to hit the the drums, the drum sound effect after that one. They have, I, that might actually happen. But we have four games. We're going to hit high gear here because we only have about 25 minutes. So game time, the oh, Falcons. I know. it's This is different. I, the longtime like listeners this. at home – have to get used to it. We end with the fast place uh, email now opposed to starting with it. So enjoy this. But the Falcons, they won this game 16 to 13 against the Bucks. A late game time field goal against the Bucks sent what would have been a very improbable win opportunity away. The Falcons win this game. David, we'll go to you first. What do you have on this one? Bijan wasn't playing. What's up with that? Dude, first off, another week, another game we learned Desmond Ritter is not the guy. Uh, and he's going to hold the team back. I mean, he's lucky he, the team... He came out victorious. Yeah, but he's lucky the team could overcome three fumbles deep in Bucks territory, right? Like, we're not talking about, like, you know, fumbles on, like, a one-yard line. Within the 30. Yeah, like, where this is... That's a bad performance, right? Um, as far as Bijan goes, man, did you guys see the NFL is, like, investigating the Falcons yeah. now? for not yep. putting Bijan on the injury report or reporting that. I just like that's real questionable. I you know, I just didn't feel right. Like why? That that is so football. No, 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 no. We're going to keep that under wraps. We're going to pretend they were here so they're preparing for you and then we're going to catch them by surprise. So Arthur Smith, big brain. It, it, the division's a crapshoot. That's the only thing I got out of this. I mean, 9 wins just like the last year was 8. But nine wins might do the trick again. I, I guess I'm betting on the Falcons because I still have a stupid delusional faith that they're going to figure it out in the running game. To David's point about Desmond Ritter, it's funny because that's what we talked about. Uh, when I What I said last week was which quarterback are we going to get? We somehow got both of those quarterbacks. Are we going to get the 300-yard passer? Or are we going to get like the 200-yard passer with three turnovers? We got the 250-yard passer with three fumbles, no interceptions. So the guy's getting it done in the passing game. I don't understand this division, man. It's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be entertaining to watch, like Saw, right? Like it's entertaining because you're watching people just destroy each other, and that's how that's whoever's gonna come out on top of this division. But that's how I compare it. I have been wanting the Raiders to draft Caleb Williams for months. Steven, do I have a compatriot? on the Caleb Williams uh, little train here. I, I mean this with no disrespect, but your Packers lose in mile high. Tell us what your thoughts were. Yeah, well, just because this is in the email section, I think I described this pretty well. Continuously horrible, horrible play calling, which I've been talking about all year, backed by horrific third down decisions by Jordan Love, another horrific game-selling interception with A.J. Dillon running flat. The... The pass that you make all game, which I retweeted on Twitter, the pass the dude makes all game, he doesn't opt for that pass and then just bombs it into double coverage for a game-sealing interception. There's a lot to digest and fix, especially when they're coming off a bye week and makes you think, 
I don't care how low to the injury report is. There has to be some sort of flashes outside of the two or three drives in the third quarter to get us back into the game. There's seven other drives here that this offense and this team looks horrible. And again, here I am asking for Joe Barry's head on a stick. So I got a bag for you. <laughs> no, no sticks only. So, I don't want a bag like, uh, no, you know what? I would take that bag if it's only Jim Carrey ripping the heart out of the sous chef's chest in Dumb and Dumber. That's the only <laughs> bag I would take. And that sous chef happened to be Joe Barry. Or Brian Gutekus. Where are you at, Gutekus? Where are you at, Gutekus lovers? Don't hear you backing up Jordan Love now, backing up all these draft picks. Fuck. I hate being wrong. Right. So, I I didn't watch much of this game, right? And And... I'm My jealous. only takeaway is Kareem Jackson has to get a nice long suspension, right? Eventually. Uh, suspended four games of, um, officially. Did he, did he get yeah. officially? Wow, it was four games. So, Headhunter. Fully, de- fully deserves it. That guy has had a horrifically dirty hit in every single game this season. Like, I can, I can see every hit in my head against every team that they have played. And, you know, he kind of looks like the, you know, peak Rodney Harrison out there. Just dirty fucking play after dirty play. Was he the one that almost killed Jacoby Myers? Now that you say that? Like, I now I'm wondering because somebody... I think he was. Like, when he got Jeff knocked Green out in week up? one. Yeah, it was week one. But now I'm second guessing. I'm like, that might have been him. And I just, like, forgot it in the time space it time was. continuum no, it was. here. It was him. That was okay. against the Broncos. Yeah, that, and that was brutal too. So... Yeah. This is even more like a trend. He's out Spontan there trying perfect, to, like he's out there trying to be like James Harrison. God, all right. Well, sorry, Stephen. Glad that I have you on the misery tr- uh, bandwagon no, with me. Yeah, your original question. I don't know if I'm fully in on the Caleb Williams because a we're not the we're not a team that he listed, but I don't know. Like, why would you not want to go to Green Bay? I think I, I think that's a fair question from somebody who is in on the inside to ask because I don't know maybe it's not as appealing outside of it being in the middle of Green Bay Wisconsin but he, he wants ownership the of the team he wants ownership of the team you can get it here well I don't never mind I'm fully say... in I'm fully in Wally let's <laughs> well, go no, the, only, the only reason I ask is because you know what would be the most Packer thing in the entire world that exactly is that everybody in the entire world wanting Caleb Williams trading their left arm to go get him and then Drake may be the generational quarterback that comes out of this class, and he gets drafted by the Packers. So my Raiders are like with Caleb Williams, and he owns like 15% of the team, but he hates the team for the rest of his life, and Drake may wins like four Super Bowls in Green Bay. I'm just ready. Good for you. I'm glad you have Drake May. Thank Cheers. You. Thank I'd you. argue the only reason you don't want to go to Green Bay is because I think the pressure there as a rookie quarterback in a first-round draft would be the most of any other team in the NFL. I would agree, but unique. I think Jordan Love is taking the pressure off of that at that point where it's just like, we please, can we just get another one? But no, I, I think, think that would even make the pressure more to your point. So, yeah. I'm torn, but we can talk about that in April when uh, the pick, or Packers and Raiders are drafting one and two. See, I told you, I told you I didn't want Kayla Williams. I want Marvin Harrison Jr. We're getting number two pick. We, oh, good. Yeah, that's perfect. Everybody so, wins. So, not to distract, right? But if it ever lines up that the Raiders, Packers, and Browns draft in the top five, can we throw a party? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be already in the draft location. Like, yes, David, we can get a keg, get you some bourbon. Like, just imagine, imagine they go one, two, three, one year. Like, 
hopefully 30 years from now but just like imagine one two three one year like well you don't have to worry about that imagine, don't you have like another 13 years of no first round picks for your 230 million dollar quarterback you wow. fucking own the arizona cardinals <laughs> jesus christ just taking a shotgun to my face I know, and the best part is like Steven watched and he Ray Lewis cleaned it up and moved on. Yeah, no, no, I was I was just holding them and the Arizona Cardinals lose twenty to ten against the Seattle Seahawks as they traveled up north here. But that's all I gotta say. Jake Bobo with a touchdown in this game. You don't know who he is, don't worry. He's on my fantasy roster for the dynasty. Shout out to you, Wally. Bobo the clown, baby. But all I gotta say is now all, all of a sudden the Seattle Seahawks are one and a half games out of Sam uh from San Francisco and taking the NFC West have both those games to play. You see a lot of question marks around San Fran. Maybe uh, Seattle can make a quick run here mid late season. Pete Carroll's at it again. We've seen it time and time again in his era in Seattle. The defense typically starts very poorly and it slowly gets better throughout the year. And it's happening again. If they continue to improve, there's no reason to think that the Seattle team at least can't, flirt with uh, a divisional round appearance. They're not going to beat the 49ers. I'm still hell-bent on that, and that makes it very hard, but they can win a playoff game. Maybe two. Who knows? Can we talk about how deep the Seahawks are at receiver now? Like, two... Oh, way deep. Like, arguably... A, oh, yeah, your boy JSN got one. I, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't call them the best receiver room in football, but they're top three because of how deep they are, in my opinion. If you take away two or three teams, you can make an argument, I think. Who would, all right, like right now, I think what the top three the are Dolphins. probably Dolphins, Dolphins, Cincinnati, and Seattle, I think are top three. I, I, I agree with that. I like, I don't mind. Uh, Look, there's a, there's a lot more yeah. top heavy receiver rooms, but I think Seahawks are take you number three. Tight ends? But if you include tight ends, then Irv Smith's a joke in Cincinnati. Uh, what the Dolphins the have Vikings, the guy that blocks. You could, you could throw yeah, in the Vikings. Yeah, he blocks kicks for the Patriots, so it's pretty impressive. <laughs> so he's. I love how so you I hold mean, on to that. I'm gonna hold on to that till the day I die because I was 100 percent when I said that. They, it, I'm sure we've all had those Peruvian like, slips. No, no, I just. But I was 100 percent in my head. I was like, yeah, dude, he blocked that kick, and then you <laughs> came in with that like a month ago, and it's lived rent free in my head. I'm like, you really, no, that's a, you really said that's that. That's a Miami Dolphins tight end, which is hard to find. Out. Said it with my chest too, and I'll keep saying it. Good for him. Anyways, let's go on to what is our last. Uh, it is our last game of the week: the Steelers and the Rams. Steelers win another game. They have absolutely no business winning. Brett Maher, tell me if you've heard this before, guys. Looked lost in the kicking game. Missed a couple field goals in an extra point. The Rams lose by seven. Wait, let's do some math. Couple field goals, extra point. Oh, that's seven points. So that's not good. We will say George Pickens tracker. Right now he's on pace for 76 and a half catches, about 1,400 yards and five touchdowns. David, I'm already getting the construction paper ready, buddy. I hope you're ready for your hat. Whatever, man. I, the next three games, he could go three catches for 20 yards, and we're right back down. He to, could, but he won't because he's elite. It's fine. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm sick of the Steelers, boys. <laughs> I'm, like, really sick Dude. of – I am sick of Mike Tomlin. This, this is not right. I'm sick of Mike but, but Tomlin. But we all knew what was going to happen. That's the thing. But, like, I'm just sick of Mike Tomlin beating average team, average teams that he has no business in beating because his team's mediocre outside of 
the defensive line. Like, I'm just tired of, of the Steelers getting away with wins because this wouldn't happen any other place in the world other than Pittsburgh. Great coaching. Why is Mike Tomlin not – he's a top three NFL coach you can make that argument for? What, you have Andy Reid as number one? We're big Shanahan guys. I know we I know we love Sean Payton, but I don't know if he'll be able to squeak into that top three. When you got red paint, you paint the barn red. You paint the barn red. We all knew this was going to happen. TJ Watt, TJ Watt had a clutch interception. Literally the first, the first offensive play in the third quarter, and we knew that's how the game was going to go. But Pitt D holding the Rams to a missed, missed field goal and two punts as the last three drives to end the game. Pittsburgh in a nutshell, baby. First down. First down. The San Francisco. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> Did you see that ref, by the yes, way? Yes, that's why I'm saying it. Yeah, that made me so happy because that just screams Pine Richland versus like North Catholic and Western PA. I just, I felt like I closed my eyes. It's 45. There's a brisk win. There's a million Steelers jerseys around. And you got first Don referee out there. It's great. Gotta love it. I see lights flowing, see, boys. I feel like the South just doesn't have that. Like, they have, like, the Southern dialects and the, and all that. But, like, I never got to see that. Like, I didn't have the – I never lived in a state that had those big cities that it would break up Southern dialect. But, like, I know it. Like, Louisiana, how's your mom and them? Like, that's yeah, what they yeah, say. yeah. And, well, and you get U's and stuff in Philly, but – David, did if I'm not mistaken, I was drinking because the uh, Penn State Ohio State came this weekend. But you sent me a Snapchat <laughs> drinking an I was icy light, if you're and it. it just unlocked in my brain. I completely forgot, and I'm like, "Crack the Iron City," and like my brain snapped. I'm like, "This this guy right here, he's made fun of it. it's sewer <laughs> water." I hope you enjoyed it's it. Fucking, it's natural light for Yinzers, and you know what? I drank it. Okay, it's sewer water. It's, I love it. Yeah, I you fucking did. drank it. Because I'd never had it before, and it was there, and I was like, Wally's going to fucking love this. That was actually my mentality, is Wally's going to fucking love this. I'll crack the beer, I'll take a picture, and we'll full send. That's straight out of the Ohio River. I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Any last-minute predictions on this uh, Niners-Vikes game that we have here on Monday night? Only last word is if David loses this game, we go 0-15. I'm rooting for the Vikings. Skull! Clap. Ball is rooting for the Vikings, which just locked in my fucking Niners money line bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually probably true. I should have been like, it's gold gang. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. These are, yeah, this is for the Golden Gates. Fucking love bridges. George Kittle, anytime touchdown score. No Debo. CMC, maybe on, maybe on a snap count. National tight ends day. This is the last one. The guy who really was bringing it to fruition. You got to give him maybe a little bit of. George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson parlay. I may have a George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson parlay and a Bryce Harper home run, which I don't, the game already ended, so I don't know if he hit it. Did he? I don't watch baseball. While you're muted. I unmuted, or I muted myself trying to unmute myself, which is even better. But I, uh, I doubt it because it's five to one. And I'm pretty sure not. they scored on a double earlier in the game. Yeah, he did no, not. No. He went 0 for 3 with a base on ball. Oh, it's already done? What I, what I am, like, you almost can will it to happen because you know how worthless our, our gambling stretch has been. Your tight end prop 
you'll have two tight ends score tonight, but it'll be Charlie Werner instead of George Kittle for San Francisco for no reason yeah, at all. And then whoever TJ Hawkinson's backup is, which was Irv Smith last year, but he gone. That's a good point. I'll tell you in two seconds. I typed up Detroit, so I won't tell you in two seconds. <laughs> Just kidding. That would be Brock Wright is the backup tight end. Why I know that is beyond me. But with that, that's going to bring us to an end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to like, comment, like, and subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Loss of Down. And retweet, retweet us on Twitter, down underscore loss. Remember, this episode is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, as well as us, being the newest member of the Bruiser Nation Podcast Network, a division of Snap New Productions. Boys, do we have any parting words for the fans? Not a one. I'll spit fire fast. We missed a couple notes I wanted to say. Shane Steichen, because we talked all Browns, I'm all in. I think he's going to be the like real deal in Indianapolis. I, you're, it's because you and I are perfect. Uh, the Jaguars keep winning ugly going back to last season. They've gone 12-5 and five since the start of November last year. And three of the five losses were to the Chiefs. Keep winning ugly, and I'll start buying it. I like that. And then, naturally, I have to just throw it out there. Fuck Penn State. You're not our rival. I feel so happy to at least be happy about one sport in my existence now. Hey, OSU at three. Did they change it all? They still at three. What'd you say? They were at three for that game. Did they change it all? Well, what, you mean going into that game? They were number three. Going into oh, the game. oh, God. Have they changed I thought you were all? talking about three. No, it was, first of all, it doesn't matter because it's called it's football rankings that matter. They are probably still three because Michigan went to one, and then I imagine Georgia didn't fall to three. But I don't look at rankings until the college football playoffs come out because it might as well be three goobers like us doing it. I but love you guys. You know, you know what? We may go 0-15 and 1 or 14 this week, but we can hang our hat on if somebody took the MBS prop. I'll just tell you right now, I'm rooting against David tonight for the simple fact that let's go. One in fourteen isn't cool. Zero in fifteen is almost like that's something we can hold on to forever. Yeah. We did that together, boys. That, that means this week we gotta go fifteen and zero. Buddy, one in fourteen is fine if you take it into zero and fifteen next week. Look at Hugh Jackson. I'll take that with me forever. <laughs> yeah, wait. So wait, were you 1-15 in 15 before the 0-16 year? Or was it 0-16 and then 1-15? No, I thought it was 1-15 then 0-16. Uh, okay. All right. Well, that means you win today and then we just will all go lose or like lose next week. I got it. Love you guys. <laughs>